Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Cosmos, a podcast about art, media, fandoms, and beyond. I'm Selena Banto, an illustrator that's worked for comics, and as you can tell by the length of this episode, is really into Disney's The Owl House. Um, I guess I'm most known online for my Hunt Low fan art, and just general uh, Owl House art. Um, so this podcast has been a passion project of mine for the past couple of years, and um, I just thought one day, like, hey, what if I invited friends and creatives I admire to talk about art and everything surrounding that? So in this first episode, I invited three fan artists uh, from the Owl House fandom to talk about us as artists and about the series finale of the Owl House. Um, we can't promise to cover every single detail, but uh, I guess we'll still have fun doing it. Or we'll still try to have fun doing it. And uh, without further ado, let's get started. Um, so could you guys introduce yourselves? Just like your name, username, and what kind of Owl House content you like to make? Well, uh, my name is Nicole. Uh, my username, like everywhere, is uh, Astrolabas. Uh, and I make just general fan art. I think I just draw characters in situations, uh, like small drawings, bigger illustrations when I have time, uh, comics, doodles. Most of the time it's hunter related, but like, <laughs> if I have time, I also like love to draw all, car all characters and yeah. Uh, how about you, Riley? <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, I'm Riley. Uh, my handle is like RileyClaw across, mo across most platforms. Um, I make a lot of animatics and animations, but I also do, you know, general fan art, comics, and illustrations <laughs> of basically everything. I don't like focus on one niche thing, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And lastly, Mystic. Hello, I'm Mystic. I also go by Mystic Fire on Twitter. I really like to make uh, animatics and AUR, and I really like Huntlow. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Maybe just a bit too much. No, but I really like um, just the Owl House character. It's a whole bunch. Uh, okay, awesome. Uh, so I just wanted to ask, like, what got you guys into the Owl House? Like, what started it all? So, like, for me, it was... I've been here, like, since the very beginning. <laughs> like, I, I saw, like, the first post on Twitter. And it was, like, a storyboard artist from Gravity Falls is launching or is creating a, a show. And it's about like this human girl and this witch and this uh, uh, demon king, a uh, king of demons, and that really got me hooked. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've been here since the very beginning. But yeah, how about you guys? Um, maybe we can like, go in the order of introductions again. Uh, I actually also saw like one of the very first announcements. I think it was back in twenty nineteen, and it was like I think it was on Comic Con. Because it was like uh, maybe the intro or the poster were revealed, and uh, I remember watching it and like being in instantly like hyped for it because it was like everything I could love from a series. And yeah, and I just started watching it very casually at first, and only got like more obsessed with it in like July 2021. And yeah, uh, how about you, Riley? How did you uh, first get into the Owl House? I actually didn't get into it until like last year. Like I had watched since I began watching around the time Enchanting Grom Fight came out, but I was more of a very casual viewer. I liked it, but I wasn't like into anything with it yet. 
But then uh, season 2B started airing, and I got super into it super quickly. <laughs> and it just became a big fixation around the time Hot Mind came out. It just pulled me right in, and I've been stuck. I can't get out. Uh, kind of in the same boat. I had heard a lot about like the Grom dance episode, and people were really like going bonkers over it. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll give this show, you know, a try. And um, by the end of like Agony of a Witch, like the last episode, I was like, I was in. I was like, oh my god, I love this show. And then I just, <laughs> just watched a whole bunch from there. And we've been here ever since. Yes. <laughs> I can, we can't escape. <laughs> so, like, what besides uh, the show inspires you to make art? Um, Like, any, like, maybe specific music or, like, other shows or, like, maybe, like, design choices or just anything? Um, What inspires you to make art? Personally, I'm actually not sure if it's, like, one specific thing or, like, any specific things. Uh. I love like listening to music when I draw. It's mostly like 80s music or like post-punk or like gothic rock, but it doesn't really show in like my art at all. <laughs> so I doubt that would count. Uh, but just in general, I think I I kind of subconsciously uh, take maybe some inspirations from like uh, shows I watch, like cartoons, maybe like uh, digital artists I love. I, I really love also like looking at uh, colors and like, color palette stuff like that like i really love focusing on that so i feel like that's kind of where i am with like inspiration art wise i'm kind of in the same boat there's like no one inspiration that i think i pull from of course there's like animations and artists that i admire but there's too many to name here um i guess i really like looking up to artists who have like really graphic line work and really clean shading and coloring um I guess artists I've always liked are like maybe Peter Wartman, Dana Terrace, which is not a surprise, but in yeah. my defense, I followed her before I watched The Owl House. So I was excited, like, oh my God, she's making a show. I didn't know that. Watching other people's animatics and getting inspiration from those. Music too. Um, I love making animations and stuff to music. So music is a big, big part of like, I like drawing because I like timing things out to music because I like the big movie that's in my head and I want other people to see that too. <laughs> music yeah i feel i don't know i don't know what is it about music i guess because like we are like we're very visual people so like music contributes to that like like the opposite like the audios audio side of it yeah cool cool how about you mystic absolutely for me it's definitely like musicals because like i'll listen to them and of course i'm like oh my god what if i just threw these characters into it um in terms of inspiration it's usually like content creators um big one like dana terrace i actually really love her art um i remember seeing like on tumblr like her sketchbook drawings and the way like she draws anatomy i'm like whoa that is crazy i love it um but yeah usually stuff like that and other creators nice cool um i guess for me um what what besides the show inspires me it's just yeah music also um i guess not any specific genre uh i'm more into like i don't know just any music with like deep or colorful lyrics um what else inspires me um so i guess uh other shows too other animated shows um and also like maybe just make general life experiences 
I guess like we're done with like cool with the intro and I I guess we can like move on to the discussion of the finale. Um and I, I guess I wanna like maybe start with um like going by maybe each scene. I, I know like it might like take a long time to like go through every specific detail, but like yeah, maybe just like the major points and then uh, I, at the very end, I also want to get into like audience questions because some people uh, commented on like the posts on Twitter and Instagram about um, this episode. Yeah, so like the episode starts with like the nightmare yeah. sequences. Uh, like Luz, she's like afraid that she's like just as bad as Bellows, and like everything that happened in the show is because of her. Um. And then like Ida and how she's and her fears and then King and his fears. Like what were you what what did you guys think of like that uh, approach that the writers took like to like dump the characters in like their worst nightmares? Yeah. I feel like it really shows like it's very interesting how Luz is always like guilty. Uh, oh, like she feels guilty uh for all of these things that weren't really her fault or like the things that even those characters don't fault her for but like she still kind of sees herself as like this villain in the story even though she's not and like yeah like she's very different from Bellows but she also like fears that she's similar to him like it's interesting uh I was like I was really surprised by Ida's dream um how like you know she just kind of made this uh made peace with the owl beast that's inside of her and this dream kind of brought to light that um you know she's still kind of like afraid of it like at least internally maybe um where like her nightmare was her attacking her dad again attacking Dell that uh that she they had just begun to trust her again in this dream not in like the actual show of course but like in her nightmare like the worst possible thing happened where she attacked her dad and it was like everyone turned on her for it like seeing that sequence was just like so intense to me and i thought that was like a really interesting way to show like i don't know what's going on inside ida's head especially because we haven't seen a lot of it since um that episode what was it uh oh, the one the big yes, episode no, i forgot yeah, its that name one. I get, I get no, that one that yes. no, 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 one yes yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> fake fan i don't know the name of it <laughs> The way she's like being perceived as like what she thought perceived as a monster again, or what she yeah. felt like when she was a kid. I thought like <sighs> that was like interesting. It killed me. I'm like, you didn't know, it's not them. Um, yeah. Oh, and then King with like the, oh the green skulls. I was like, oh whoa, we're like we're like being brought back to that stage again. I was like, wow. I mm-hmm. honestly am surprised that they even like when there's like this little moment when uh Del, you know like Ida's dad comes out and he's like all blooded and stuff like i'm surprised they showed that like I how know. did disney let them i mean to be fair we have seen like bellows just turn into a skeleton and goon it's like oh <laughs> yeah like dang they're going all out here is a grimwalker melting here is uh, bellows's hand falling off just you know casual stuff they like, really went all out with the last season. <laughs> I know. They did. I'm so glad that they did, though. Like, I like that they didn't hold back on any, like, mature themes or, like, any, like, showings of, like, 
like sounds dark but like blood and skeletons it's like whoa like you can tell like oh my god dana with the, the whole horror <laughs> stuff i'm digging it so i saw this one uh there was this theory or mini theory that the puppets the puppet forms of the other characters uh in hex squad were like all based on king stories or how the collector sees them um, like for example, Amity is in is like Luz's girlfriend, and Gus is King's co-host, and then Hun, um, it's like how King views each person, or how the collector views each person. Like when I rewatched the episode, Lilith doesn't have her red hair; she has her dark hair. So I, th- I thought that was an interesting choice, and she was in her season one outfit, um, not her like current outfit. Mostly like the the whole like design of the characters that were puppeted back then is uh, inst- interesting because we can see like that they're kind of in like their season one or season two outfits but with like their present selves you know like visualized like for example like hunter has his own uh, hair and scars and uh, but but pink eyes and uh, the 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 outfit from season two and like uh, Willow also is wearing like the the hexide uniform but has like the the, the pigtails and uh, and there's Lilith with like her you know uh, dark hair even though they're all short and curly so yeah it's interesting how it like connects so when Luz is like zooming through the the castle she passes by this stained glass window or portrait yeah uh, and originally it was like Bellows but it's it was replaced by Luz. Like yeah. Luz replaces Velos, and and like I th- her ma- her face or her mask. I think it looks like an owl to me. Like it's like round and then short beak. Yeah, like all the little details. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. After that, um, we moved on to uh like collector and his games, uh like that game sequence, um. So then um, Luz and King and Ida reunite, which was, like, so cute. And uh, my, I watched the episode with my friends uh, over Discord. And then we, like, we lost it when Luz said, get over here, you witch. <laughs> like, I, like, I love how, like, they insert, like, jokes like that. Um, and uh, the, the Pac-Man sequence... And uh, like how the like the game the co- sorry the games that the collector was playing was like maybe based on like traditional games like marbles, uh, Jenga, uh, was that Pac Man, um, these traditional like childhood games. And then I also want to talk about the well like the archivists also like calling them like the archivists like the name archivist as like a more mature version of like the name collector. So yeah, I want to like. What are your guys' thoughts on, like, all that? <laughs> so, like, the reuniting and then, like, um, the collector and the, the archivist's relationship and his backstory. I feel like it's so interesting because, like, even though you can see that the collector is really just a kid, like, uh, they're not evil or, like, uh, bad or something. They just don't get some things. Like, they don't really understand death. And uh, it's even... in interesting because even like we've seen in hollow mind where he's like uh, you know laughing at like uh, grimwalker's deaths and stuff like that and now we know that like he just didn't get that 
they were killed. He probably just thought that they were, you know, like broken. And then Bills was like fixing them because like they looked similar. I didn't realize that. The fact that he didn't realize, like, didn't comprehend, like, the concept of death until oh. Lucy's death. And it's like, yeah. oh, oh my goodness, he can't fix her, you know? Because you can't replace or fix death, you know? It's infinite. Yeah, it's definitely heartbreaking. There's also, like, the thing that the archivists, like, took away the, you know, the small titans. And it's, like, kind of implied, I think, that they might have not taken them. Just. <laughs> yeah just also got rid of them i think or you know and the collector just didn't comprehend death so he didn't like actually know what happened to them and he still didn't know what death was until Luz couldn't be brought back yeah i've i was like really surprised when we started getting a collector backstory like i was kind of expecting it but it was also like a really nice surprise and seeing that like seeing exactly how the collector got locked up when it wasn't their fault what was happening they had no idea that the archivists were taking away quote unquote the titans they had uh no clue that the archivists were like kind of pulling these strings behind the scenes and he got locked up for it the papa titan as you know we've begun calling him (laughs) thought that the collector was responsible and locked them into that in-between dimension and hid king's egg away from everyone I know that one of like the central themes of the Owl House is grief. Yeah. And I thought it was like really impactful how they introduced the collector to grief by taking by you wow. know having Luce die <laughs> right in front of them. <laughs> it was like what's the best way to introduce mortality to somebody who doesn't understand mortality? Just give them like an upfront demonstration. <laughs> Oh, no. How do you show death to it a was child? It's so hard to watch. Kill, kill the protagonist, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like this is a good way to learn. It was a brutal way to do it, but like considering like the show's central theme of like I don't know, I just know that grief is a huge part of like the Owl House story because mm-hmm. it all began with Luces. Yeah. Oh my like, god. Yeah, um... like, it's so because like we can see grief in so many different characters' arts, like in Luz with her dad, like how it even like starts her love for you know azura and basically jump starts the whole story and it's present in like the overall theme of everything and the whole arc of her and and camilla we can see like camilla also really like is affected by it we can see it even in like bellows but in like a negative way because we can see that he didn't cope like with grief well at all because he couldn't like Mm-hmm. get over it because it's it's hard to say it's hard to hard to even call it grief but it was in a way because he was completely like obsessed with his brother and just kept remaking him and you know wanting him to go back to how he like wanted him to be not how he actually was but yeah and and we all moving on we also like see grief and you know uh hunter's arc with flapjack and we can see like how it affects him and uh, like how he puts up this wall of like mm-hmm. you know no i agree it's so interesting because when we think to be- like think back to bellows 
this grief i love i love what i love about the outhouse it's just grief like in different ways and with bellows it was really prolonged like you think eventually a few hundred years she's like maybe i shouldn't make more grim walkers <laughs> especially if they're turning on me but you know what nah you know what 100's oh the charm let's go for it <laughs> no but yeah it's like interesting like you know like the obsession and it's like oof, yeah my guy <laughs> it's like even nice in contrast how we can see that like Luz and Camila and Hunter and even Darius and the collector like overcome the grief and kind of cope with it in healthy ways but Bellos never does that and we can see that like he never moves on from his brother and it like brings on his doom and everything yeah I think the Owl House like shows that grief can affect people in different ways it can change you as a person I guess, uh, so like what happened next in the episode was like Bellos possessing the Titan, uh, the Titan's heart, which like a lot of people predicted um, online. I was, uh, for a long time, I was like wondering like, why is the Titan's heart still beating if it's like already dead? Like is Bellos like powering it with some electricity or something? Like like, artificial magic. But I think it's because the Titan was still alive i think because papa titan was like in the in-between realm i think that's why the the heart was still beating like that's my theory oh man like uh the way they designed like the fungal infection it's like very last of us-esque creepy it's like very perfect for bellos as a character after like when during that possession of the titan then we cut to like lose and Ida and King, uh, like on the knee with uh, the collector, teaching them kindness and forgiveness, and I, I really, I, I kind of knew where the, that was going, um, like the kindness and forgiveness part. As like as modern animation fans, I think we would know. <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> we tried pulling a Steven Universe. You can make a difference. You can make it different. <laughs> So yeah, like, like uh, on that note, um, uh, the collector like approached Bellos and said, "Oh, you need, all you need is kindness and forgiveness." And obviously, yeah, that didn't work. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I want to like ask, like, what was your, what were your thoughts on like the Owl House like flipping, like turning that trope on on its head, like the kindness and forgiveness thing, like everyone deserves kindness and forgiveness, but like Bellos is different. Yeah, I love it. It was such a good spin because, like, not every character deserves to be redeemed, especially, like, cases like Bellows and, you know what, even Odelia. Like, I'm glad that they didn't, like, in case, like, make her, like, oh my god, it's okay, mom, I forgive you. Or, like, you know, back to Bellows. He he can't change as a person, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. really glad that they addressed that. Yeah, I feel like the collector versus Bellows is such a good example of, like, um, readable or like not really bad antagonist versus uh completely irredeemable and um just like protagonist antagonist who cannot change because all of like everything that Bellos has done is like his own fault it's his own doing and he doesn't want to change and he will never change so i i've been seeing like lots of even like series that like oh yeah uh bellos will be somehow redeemed or like he will get another chance or like uh he will i don't know be imprisoned and uh tortured and stuff like that and it's like 
none of that would really work because the thing is that he can't be redeemed he can't get better because he doesn't want it and imprisonment or like torture wouldn't work on him either because he's already like torturing himself his whole life just by soul existence and he doesn't care like his goals matter to him more and uh, all of that like the only thing that truly worked for Bells was getting rid of him so like I'm really glad they did that and uh, and yeah and it really is like a good uh, message that not everyone deserves forgiveness or a second chance because or like a hundredth chance because truly Bellows has been doing things that he has been doing for a long time uh so yeah yeah i feel pretty similarly i wanted Bellows to you know uh be this unforgivable antagonist i didn't want him to have this chance at redemption or anything because uh not to make like a fnaf reference or anything but uh if he, they had gone the route where he, like you know he got stuck in like a jar like i see people joking about or put in prison he would always come back yeah. his corruption of the isles would always still be there and like you really began to see in the end of the episode that with bellos gone the isles can finally heal it had been affected by his presence since the moment he stepped into the Isles yeah. and it began to hurt the Isles, hurt the Titan, the Titan hiding glyphs from him, knowing that Bellos would be this uh, horrible, horrible figure on the Isles and, you know, the Emperor and everything, the Day of Unity. Uh, I think that Bellos needed to be shown once and for all as this character who was beyond any kind of forgiveness and redemption because he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> he never has. If, like, if Bellows, you know, like, remained imprisoned or whatever, then, like, characters that have been personally, you know, traumatized by him or, like, hurt by him would never truly, like, know peace. Like, for example, V or Hunter or, or you know, many other people probably, many characters uh, would probably always be somewhat paranoid that he would, like, come back because he did this and literally, thanks to them, uh, and yeah, so I'm glad he's gone. He never deserved any kind of redemption. He never deserved to live. And any kind of punishment wouldn't work on him. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, like On that note, uh, I feel like uh, Bellows and his arc and like his downfall is, I don't know if it was like uh, on purpose, but it reminds me of like, like how very negative uh, and um, and toxic behaviors in our society. Well, we live in a society. Uh, like in our in our society, like should not be allowed, or we should like dismantle like toxic mentalities or harmful ideals. And I think Bellos, um, he's a um, he's a representation of that. So next is uh, loses. Uh, so lose protects the collector from bellows and with and uh yeah she she dies um just like for a few moments and uh i was like really shocked when that happened and then she goes to the in-between realm um where she meets papa titan and uh he has like a hoodie growing out of his eye and he's missing one eye he's like in this really cool like comfy attire he's just this guy this uh gender fluid icon. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Um 
there was this uh, there are these like conversations that I've seen online how Hootie is like this parasite um <laughs> Like or like a worm that uh, was sent that that was sent from uh, like from the Titan to like watch over King because like it's like look at the thing growing out of his eye like looks like Hoodie like is that like I don't know Hoodie's backstory yeah, I still don't I, know what it means yeah honestly <laughs> Hoodie is still a mystery I don't know what his deal is yeah. like what. <laughs> Does anybody know what Hootie's deal is? I think he's just doing his own thing at this point. I think even he himself doesn't know it. Like I don't think he knows. Either. I think he's just a silly little guy who's a worm. I love that for him. Silly little guy. So yeah, and then like all this time, the Titan has been watching King like through the cubes. Yeah, just like it puts into perspective like a lot of things that happened in the series, like that time when King did like a live stream and like he to send a message to his dad um but then also like the conversation that the that the titan had with luz and how luz was like doubting herself like uh if like she is just as bad as bellows which is which she's not um like or she thought that they their intentions came from similar places like luz wants to protect her family and like bellows wants to i don't know what bellows wants his actions are not genuine. Yeah, I was like wondering, like, what were your thoughts on that whole conversation, or like any other like small details that I probably missed about like the Titan or that scene. I thought the part <laughs> where, um, like, when Luz had just died, you know, turned into that fungus and like evaporated. I think I cried once during the episode, and it was during that scene. It was like a shocked cry where, uh, you see the orbs of light call back to thanks to them when Flapjack evaporated oh um, my gosh yeah um when those light orbs began to fly over the aisles and the music swelled i lost it i thought it was so awful <laughs> to sh- like awful in a good way but awful when the orbs made it all the way over to the archives and was reaching hex squad and oh, you saw yeah. the camila puppet oh, begin no. to cry because even as a puppet camila could sense that great loss she just had i lost it they were evil for this <laughs> I couldn't handle that, but man. And then, of course, they finally end that sequence by showing Luce's, like, the orb enter the in-between, and you see Luce meet the Titan. That whole sequence was just, again, back to the grief thing. They put me through each stage of grief in that, like, (laughs) 30 seconds of sequence. (laughs) All five stages. Literally. I loved um, the little parallel, because if you think back to season one, remember when Ida was like, why wait around for a prophecy when you can decide yourself? And then the yeah. like King's dad, Papa Titan, is like, um, well, that's for you to, to decide if you'd like my power. And it's like, it's just nice because it's not all about like prophecy and destiny. It's about choice. And it's like, ah, oh, uh, it destroyed me. Uh, especially like the scene where like when Lewis accepts his power and then we're overwhelmed with this music and intensity and then we see like like his true form and i'm like that that left me the most like stunned and emotional because it felt like you know everything's at high stakes now what about you nicole yeah i would say it's just like a nice sequence because it lasts honestly for like a moment and even for like a second you you start thinking like they wouldn't would they like they wouldn't like you know they wouldn't but like would they? <laughs> they didn't. Like, we all knew they wouldn't. There's, like, this parallel also with, like, 
lose like sinking into the in-between with a hunter in yeah the, thanks to them going down to oh man the river literally the perspective of like different shots and stuff like that it directly like parallels that moment of like hunter drowning and yeah and him like being you know like get out of the water versus Luz mm-hmm. being also like uh, picked up by the uh, by Titan's Titan's dad King's dad I did not realize that and I was like <laughs> I'm making I'm connecting the dots I'm like oh, they did not <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they did yeah. right now. They did. Uh, oh yeah when like Luz died and then she turned into the orbs i thought that she would actually go to flapjack and maybe see flapjack i don't know i, I just thought it for like a split second and then no he's in hunter's heart now <laughs> i was actually thinking about that one ball that like uh the collector was holding because like at first he like caught it and uh, the other balls like flew away and i was like oh should maybe maybe it's best that he holds on to it like maybe he can somehow bring loose back from this singular ball in the end it's good that like he let go of it because i feel like maybe if he hadn't then loose wouldn't like actually you know reform in the in-between realm and that would have been bad maybe it also works as some kind of metaphor of like letting go or something even though like in this scenario it's it might be more up for interpretation, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man, I love all of you guys' ideas, like, about everything, like, everything, like, so far, it's, like, been so good. Um, So, yeah, like, after that scene with the Titan, we get Titan Luz, and her design, I was so shocked when I saw it, and, like, how um, in that moment, her king and Ida had similar eyes, like black with oh. yellow, I don't know, irises. Yeah, they have they had similar eyes in that moment, and then like it was giving very much like deviant art, <laughs> um, OC look in a good way because she's loose and like with the wings and the dark eyes and the dark magic. <laughs> you leave her. This alone. is my deviant art OC. Do not still. <laughs> not only Luz was a deviant art Titan kid, Sona. and Hunter was a warrior cat slash wolf kid. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, he, you get it. He, he made like, you know, he made like a, <laughs> a, a, a very self-indulgent uh, persona that was a wolf. And then someone was probably like, uh, why did you give this wolf all of these uh, scarves and pink eyes or something? And it's like, I, uh, when it comes to like this scene, I honestly love the animation and like the designs and everything so much. Like I feel like the, honestly, the crew did like such a good job on all of this because it's like so good like the animation is so smooth and like all of the you know perspectives and like the the shots the frames the the background and like the the effects it's so cool and then i also liked how the magic the titan gave was just temporary like i don't yeah. think for me personally that it wouldn't be that interesting if she kept that magic um, because I think like um, what makes Luz amazing and her character and her story is that she doesn't have magic like everyone else, and she does magic in her own way. What do you, like any thoughts on that, or like the design, or like anything about that? 
Ooh, the design. I love the design of Titan Loose. When all those, like, concepts came out, like, very recently, like, I think it was yesterday or the day before, yeah. of all the concept art of Titan Loose, they were so cool looking. Yeah. Like, I really like the one that they went with, but man, that, the whole, like, idea of, like, Loose becoming this, like, Titan form. I don't know if it's very anime-ish. I've never seen anime, but I feel like it has some, like, magical girl obtained power thing. <laughs> but I did like how she powered down at the end, because at the end of the day, she is loose of the human realm, student of the demon realm, but she's still loose to human, and that's what makes her, like, such a powerful character in the Owl House. Is yeah. that she doesn't have magic, but she is one of the most powerful people on the Isles. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you don't need to have, like, actual magic to truly matter or to do magic or stuff like that. Like, it's the whole point kind of like we see it with Luz, we see it with hunter we see it with like other characters with ida like it's really just and it's also like such a good metaphor to so many different things like neurodiversity or like disability all of that stuff like it's really good yeah agree especially oh, but thinking back to her design i like to think that like her long hair is like her embracing her inner child because when we think back to when she made those video logs or like for her journal we see her when she's really into azora as a kid you know she has like you know she's a kid long hair and it's like it makes me think that oh my god she's living her dream of being a witch bro i was getting i was getting so emotional with the fight scenes i'm like yes show him also like we got the uh i am good witch loose this time like a throwback that was neat yeah i think like a segue into like that like that line like the boss battle scene with uh oh man like the design of monster bellows uh was so crazy and then um like the whole like the animation was so cool and like all the different callbacks um uh, of like how, what has happened in the like the previous seasons, it was it was really really cool to see. Oh my gosh, I can't even I can't believe I, we haven't talked about Rain this whole time. <laughs> um, how like they found Rain in like like enveloped in like Be- Bellos's like fungal ugh, yeah. fungal like his uh in he was like in enca- uh, they were like encased in something, and then they were they were whistling uh Eda's requiem. Yeah. And when I first saw that scene, I was it was like, oh man, chills. It was so eerie to see. And then like the the reuniting with Ida was like so so sweet. Yeah, and then like Luz finally confronting Bellos. Like, what were you guys' thoughts on like the whole boss battle scene? Um, yeah, all that. Ooh, animation pretty. Animation pretty. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Animation <laughs> nice. <laughs> I remember I was asking around on Twitter, like, guys, who animated that? I have to know. And then I think recently Rebecca retweeted, um, like, one of the artists who, like, animated it. It is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I want to be an animator. <laughs> it's definitely flattering. <laughs> I love the VFX, like, the use of color with, like, all the glyphs, like, blue ice, the red fire, the green of plants, and then Luce's uh, VFX, which are, like, this beautiful like purple orange galaxy-ish combination like the entire finale i was just blown away by the vfx in it too like her yeah. powers with a titan combined with kings and then Ida's, and the entire like way that uh the others like Ida, rain and king were all fighting with loose to like prevent uh all the bellos 
lichen or goop or whatever it was. This living, ugly little goop thing that kept crawling up on them. <laughs> How they were, like, protecting Luce as she, like, attacked Bellus at the Titan's heart to pull him out. That whole sequence was just awesome to look at. They really, like, what's the, I forgot the they term went I was going to use. They went all out, basically. <laughs> They ate and they left no crumbs. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool, like, seeing um, the boss battle and, like, the animation and, like, all the hard work that the crew put into that sequence and the whole episode and the whole show. I guess skipping ahead a little bit, then we reach, like, Philip's demise and how he was defeated. And I know, or I've seen, like, other people mention that they wanted his death to be related to Caleb, Evelyn, and also Hunter, um, and I agree, but uh, I think the crew did what they could with the limitations that they had. Yeah. Um, and um, also, like the, the part, like how Philip was defeated, and it's like a killing your oppressor kind of um, thing, uh, storyline downfall. It also commentary also on the forgiving the antagonist trope, and how yeah. we should not like what I said before, like not. Um, tolerate like these toxic mentalities and toxic ideals in in our world and um and how Luz did just did not give a damn and did not speak yeah. a single word to Philip like even when he was like crawling but yeah um, what were your thoughts on like all that like Philip's downfall yeah I honestly like it's very interesting and and you know Battle score, how like even in his like final moments, that thing that he is doing is still manipulation and like trying to get out of this by like you know lying and trying to make himself be to be like this poor cursed soul, you know, who now knows better. And like the way that he actually thought that it would work and all of that, because like you know, I like that he died while not having actually succeeded in anything. I like that Bellos died a very pathetic death. <laughs> I, I liked that he died. Um, that sounds so dark, but it's true. Uh, I like that, you know, <laughs> he tried to like appeal to Luz, like we're human, we're better than this. And then the boiling rain revealed that he is still the same ugly monster that he's always been as he like crawls over to her and she steps away like, no, I'm not like you. I'm not like you at all. They might both be human, but Bellos hasn't been human for a long, long time. Not really. And uh, having him go out, uh, being stomped by two witches and a baby titan was pretty satisfying. Because I wanted to make, I like, I wanted to see that he didn't think he died a martyr for what he did, because he doesn't deserve that. He went out knowing that he did not succeed, that he didn't do anything to eradicate which kind or whatever that his mission was not mm -hmm. successful and he got stomped by an eight-year-old <laughs> also like with this uh shot when we can see like uh loose you know in front of bellos like looking down at him like similarly to how we've seen caleb look down at him and like for the future you know, like the, the hallucination and stuff like that like it's also a nice parallel yeah, I agree. Good soup. <laughs> oh man, I I uh I didn't uh get the chance to like talk about this like earlier. I think like the hex squad was separated from Luz for like majority of the episode, and they were like yeah. in the archives, and like how Amity 
traced out like the light glyph and like as a puppet and i think um at, at first i was like how how does a, something as simple as a light glyph like overcome the collector's magic and i think it's because it's titan magic like titan magic um mm-hmm. overcomes collector magic so i think that i thought that was a, a cool detail and then how um they lost their like their magic was weakened for a little bit so they had to use the glyphs um and then also how collector uh went to i guess went to like rescue them uh, in a sense like to hold holding up the archives yeah so he like i guess turned a new leaf um and um tried to like help out so yeah what were your guys' thoughts on like like hex squad using glyphs and then like rescuing the puppets like and then like all the and also like the little interactions with like the palisman the while Luz and the others were like fighting bellows i have a hex squad bias so i like i they're like all my favorite characters so i i've i've wanted them to have like a bigger role but i also see that with the you know the shortening and stuff like that they had to uh kind of focus on the the old family for like you know the the core of like the show with like season one and stuff like that Uh, so i get that but still would have loved to see more content of them but yeah i i love them using glyphs like it was something that i wanted to see for so long like we've seen them use glyphs before but to do it again and to do it you know like as a group and stuff like that and we see this little like a uh, moment of for example i think amity using plant magic uh, and then like willow using fire magic that are kind of like swapped and stuff like that and we see uh like a uh, hunter uh, using an ice glyph to save uh gases palisman and uh, like yeah it's cool that they got to use glyphs again. I like that uh, Camila remembered like what Luz had taught her, like, you know, with a little notepad. And like, she's like, yeah. I think I know how to help. I'm like, yes, mother. Yeah, yeah I don't like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah, I was thinking a lot on Hex Squad's uh, presence in the finale. I, I too am biased toward Hex Squad. I really like all the characters in Hex Squad. So I was a little sad we didn't get to see a little more of them, or we didn't get to see a big reunion of the entire Hex Squad at the end, aside from the epilogue. Yeah. But I realized something. I was like, they're probably much safer in the archives than they would have been in that big fight. Like, they're powerful, <laughs> but that was a big monster, and Ida and King were on a rampage. <laughs> And I was like, when the collector said, I'm going to keep everyone safe in the archives, like, wow, they really were keeping everyone safe from the aisles in the archives while the Titan was literally coming back to life as Bellows possessed it. (laughs) That was probably the safest place for everybody in the archives. And then when the archives began to become endangered, uh, the collector ran in to try to save it and save all the puppets and hex squad inside. And I I liked when they realized that the collector was there to help and that they didn't see him as this a scary figure anymore that he was really trying to help that protect them from yeah. whatever Bellos was doing outside. I was so concerned yeah. that the collector was going to like die though because I had also Ooh. seen like you know the the goop fungal like um spreading on their hands I'm like oh no. <laughs> I was worried about them too. <laughs> yeah, I was they like, killed oh, the child. No. Me no! Go no. Not no. the child. <laughs> don't hurt the child. Don't hurt the, don't the child. Do not save the child. 
I do wonder what happened to that fungal growth, though. Like, did it just stop when Bellows? It just like, I guess it like went back to itself. Or I, I guess because it just Eventually. it just went away. Because I wonder, I don't remember exactly. Did we see it affecting the collector's power at all? Like, were they weakened by it? They. I, I mean, notice. like, they were, like, shown at the very last, like, moment. Like, they were struggling to keep the archives up. But I don't know if it's because they were, yeah. you know, trying to keep a whole entire building or, like, because of the yeah. like, fungus, you know, affecting mm -hmm. their power. So it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are a god. So, and, like, a god versus, like, a building. But I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It might have also been just, like, you know, the mental uh, kind of... You know, hurt too, maybe something like that. That kid's just been through so many new emotions he's never felt before. <laughs> when when the collector yeah. began to cry after Luce went away and the like, Ida and King were freaking out. Oh, and he's like, "What is this stuff?" I was like, "No, they don't know what tears are." Now they're doing it for the very first time. Uh <laughs> poor Blarbo. <laughs> poor little EP. Um. So, guys, we are we hit like the one hour mark. So I'm gonna like I wanna like maybe skip to like. The epilogue? I know, like, the epilogue is, like, so jam okay. We can, like, talk for another oh, hour just, just about the epilogue. But, yeah. uh, so, first thing that I did, it well, I guess I didn't notice right away, but I can't believe I did it. It was, like, the sky changed color. Um, it was, like, the same color as um, how it was when before Bellos became emperor. <gasps> I never noticed like, that. I think it was, it was, like, really? blue before. It was blue before, and then it... Is it blue again? Wait. Wait, I never noticed that. I'm like frantically <laughs> looking on like the owlclub.net like in the episode just to see. <laughs> what? Someone drop a tag with this in it because I have never noticed <laughs> this before. Oh. I just know that like when we see uh, kind of like the, the city shot when like uh, Hunter and Willow are flying uh, on the sky, uh, we can see that uh, there are no more like... Uh, Pollution, there's no more pollution and stuff like that that we see like uh, in I don't know season one or two in the building aisles but we see something kind of similar to how it was like you know hundreds of years ago but I didn't notice the sky I have the epilogue like was, open right it now it was like bluish but <laughs> like when Luce and Lilith went uh, time traveling um, and then, like, oh man, so many things happened in the epilogue. Um, like, feel free to, like, add on if I missed anything. Um, but then, like, the collector, I know a lot of people were confused, I guess, about the, collect the collector leaving the aisles and, like, returning to the stars. And I've seen, like, different, um, perspectives on that. And, um, I, I guess I personally would have liked to see him more settled in the boiling aisles or, like, at least, like, be more around. But, well, they do come back like at the quinceañera, which is good. So at least uh, we know that they're they're still present in the area. Oh yeah, um, that one part, that one part in the epilogue when Luz like tapped on the glyph and it wasn't working because like the Titan magic was gone. Um, it had, uh, she I wrote down this the quote uh, that she said, it had helped me find my place when I had no other way. A whole new chapter of my life was over, and I feel like. Like, like that's like the fandom's relationship to the show, mm -hmm. and um, how it has affected like so many people in a, in good ways. How how it's over, but uh, it has like left like this impact on us, and um, a, a new chapter begins. Uh, and then like Luz going to college, and 
Um, and then like all the details like on her desk and the Polaroids about like what happened <laughs> after like the big battle and um, also like all the new looks that everyone got like the aged up characters were so like so cool to see like all the details um, like I, I want to watch like that uh, that epilogue scene over and over again uh, and then Ida is like the headmaster of the what's the university called university of wild magic just so so cool so cool to see she has a hook like, <laughs> captain hook energy also like the the flapjack tattoos that uh, everyone oh. got man uh like ex- cool. everyone got it on i think one like the same side of their body but hunter got it on where he his sigil used to be yeah which is like a really good cover-up tattoo it was my biggest delusion from like <laughs> you called it year ago. It was my biggest. Yes, you called I, it, I and like so, so many other people called it. I was so surprised because like I remember making like a, a like a future design or something or like future predictions or something, and I always like kind of had canons that like uh, Hunter wouldn't really you know like to look at his coven sigil because it's something that like used to bring a lot of pride to him but like now it's just like a reminder of Bellos and his time in the coven and everything that happened and stuff like that and I always like the idea of him either like covering up or just getting something else in this place and that it would be like a flapjack tattoo because it's something that really like matters to him and, it's, and I I was like he came with this tattoo in the epilogue and I like screamed mentally this is like my biggest delusion along with talisman carver hunter but yeah i i remember seeing your art for that nicole and i was like oh and like when that scene happened i was like pointing at the screen like nicole it's true it happened <laughs> um and then what else what other details alador and uh, make made this like tech to remove the coven sigils Mm-hmm. Um, and they using they're using healing magic to do it, which I think is perfect. Um, and then like all the little scenes like Darius and Alador and how <laughs> that crack ship is sailing. <laughs> oh man, Hunter's new palisman waffles. Waffles. And like how, how they like I visited like the grave. And then one more thing before I let you guys like um yeah uh like spill your thoughts like that really smooth animation of Huntlow. Like yeah. going down the hill, like that's so it's so perfect. It's so beautiful. I like to replay it over and over, <laughs> and how like they're finally <laughs> canon. I really love that they like made that scene so smooth. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it, it means a lot. man. I just love the designs because I think they really reflect on the characters. It's my absolute favorite. I really liked the epilogue. Whenever I think back on the epilogue, I'm filled with like such a sense of like contentment over it, like happiness, like. My headcanon of uh, Hunter becoming Dell's apprentice fulfilled. Yes. Willow is probably a professional flyer to be player or plays a lot more extensively than like she did as like an, a school extracurricular. Gus is yeah. teaching about the human realm, probably going to become an ambassador for between the realms. V has a t-shirt that has the same logo as Gus's like human realm, demon realm thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ida being the headmaster, Rain working to help remove the sigils. And I thought I saw a tweet, I forget who wrote it, but something saying that Rain is probably like in a kind of a little position of power with like a little Titan ribbon on their vest and everything. I don't know. I just love the epilogue so much. 
it, I think back and I like I tear up so happily. Whenever I think about the epilogue, I just like start running on the walls like it's so <laughs> Yeah. For example, I really love like the little Polaroids. Like for example the Grom one. It's so good. Yes. I love that they went to Grom again and <laughs> oh my god. Oh no <laughs> Okay, wait, for context, Riley just pulled up a printed version of the Grom pol- Polaroid, and it's like as big as big as oh uh, someone's head. <laughs> it is oh as big as my head. As big as your yeah. head. <laughs> I just, I love all of I them. Love, I love the great. Uh, I mean, I love all of the pictures, but I especially like zero it onto the Grom picture. Like, I love that they went to Grom. Uh, I love all of their like outfits and like the little, you know. Just the fact that we have all like this Polaroids from like earlier stages of the show with like even from Grom with like just a few of them and now we have like this whole big group of like friends and it's so cool. And like V is there and Hunter in his eccentric suit and <laughs> very suit. Ve- a very, very very interesting uh, outfit with like the big bow tie and no uh, no shirt underneath. And like the flowery pattern, and like the fact that he probably made it himself with like the, di- the DIY, it's like probably oh, yeah. sewn on the patches. And such the, like, a loser. He did... the... <laughs> such a loser. He's a loser. No affectionate. It's, it's camp. It's camp. People just weren't ready for it, but it's camp. <laughs> like the big pointy shoulder pads. It's camp. That was Ida's influence, I fear. I wonder if like Darius had to like hold back tears. He had, like he wants to be a supportive dad. He's like, looks great, son. I I have to know what shoes he was wearing with this because I'm guessing it was either like super super long pointed formal shoes, some kind of like cringe fail sneakers, maybe sandals or Crocs or Crocs. some like Crocs. That's Crocs to Grom. But it has to be the Lady <laughs> McQueen ones. Yes, and the fact that V yeah. was in the Polaroid too, that made me so happy to yeah. see her back in the aisles and yeah. happy to be in the aisles with everyone. Yeah, the fact that she feels safe to go back to the aisles now, now that Bells is gone too, like, it's so nice. Because, like, she wasn't able to go back before because she she was, you know, she wasn't ready for it because of how much trauma that place gave her. But now she doesn't mind going there. She spends time there. It's It's nice to see. Mm, and yeah there's also like this one polaroid that makes me wonder where uh lumite is in the human realm and like emity's uh ears aren't covered and we see like one of the mm. uh who was it like a cashier or like uh the what one of the, the per- person people who works in, like, at the... robin rose yeah the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. you can see like uh, <laughs> yeah and it like makes me wonder if like maybe Gravesfield like found out about the magic, especially since there's like a human and demon demon realm, uh, you know, like program exchange exchange, yeah, exchange program. program. Yes, yeah, so, like maybe it seems Gus like... contributed to that. Yeah, yeah. So like that's interesting. Uh, and yeah, we we see also like uh, them playing baseball <laughs> and other yeah. things. It's nice. Yeah. We see Alus and V graduating together. There's Ida and Carver. Yeah. There's Ida and 
Camila in that one picture drinking apple blood in Camila's yes! house. Blood. And the <laughs> oh wine glasses have straws. Yeah, bendy yeah. straws. Very, oh my god, very yeah, because and, uh, thanks to them, I remember Camila is like, what is apple blood? Maybe I can just die <laughs> some apple juice or something. And then we see the now Polaroid in the finale. Like, like we're trying it out. Oh, like I know we already talked about designs, but I this is random, but I love Gus, uh, Gus's glasses and like his hair. Ooh, it's like yes, yes, it's so good. Yeah, I honestly I love everyone's designs so much. Like just they went all out. Like uh, they just fit everyone so well, and you can really like see that some years have passed, and like they're just. So good. I love the design so much. Can I just say, I love how Luce and V have that, like, sister bond. It, it's yes. just, yeah. So many thoughts. I love the, the Flapjack memorial. Uh, oh, thank oh, you oh for my God, finding me. <laughs> thank you for finding me. Wait, um, did someone, like, on I, I think someone on Twitter mentioned the flowers being forget-me-nots. Yeah. Yeah, yes. they are. Yes. Uh, oh my God, once it I makes me that emo. Out, I remember scrolling through Twitter and when I read that, I actually started bawling. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> oh man, like, for, before we like go into like audience questions, um, the King Sinera scene, it was like, oh man, like so cool. Like the, like a really yeah. good ending to the show uh, about how like the, um, how like the collector's magic came in and then Luz was like, they're almost gone. One, one, two, three, bye. <laughs> it's, like, so, it was so cheesy. It was so perfect. <laughs> and then um uh also like uh, king uh he's since he's like gr he's um growing now he's uh he has like titan magic uh yeah. his own glyphs and um i think turquoise turquoise space uh mentioned this on twitter that the glyphs um like surrounding yeah. lose in the, in the boss battle fight like the orb or the shield surrounding her the orange shield has like similar a similar glyph to kings yeah um so yeah that was really cool okay uh yeah i guess we could like move on to maybe audience questions uh i don't know how many we'll be able to answer let me uh like as i'm pulling up the questions like any thoughts about like the the final scene again like Palisman Carver Hunter is just so good for like his arc and like for his character because like it really just like he's he's a creative soul he like he just wants to you know chill and heal and like be himself and it really just like fits in with his arc so well especially like since he loves Palisman and he loves creating and just like uh, we, when we met him, we met him in Hunting Palisman, so it's also like a full circle moment, and just like it's almost poetic with how like Bellos basically made Palistrom, Palistroms uh, go extinct, and now like Hunter is helping uh, bring uh, you know it all back, and like it's just so good. No, but you know, but you're so right. Yeah. It's really like poetic. I love it. Finally, he can rest. <laughs> Finally, he can like, rest. Stepping in front of him. Get behind me. The crew can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> oh, and then DJ Lila. I wonder with, like, Lucy's design, we see a bunch of patches, like, on, like, her pants. I like to think that, like, Hunter maybe, like, I don't know, sewed it onto there, and it's like, where? I believe that. 
and Willow's top to uh, the Emerald Entrails top. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And his he also has Lan's logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, I, I hate to like cut off this conversation. Like, I really love it. But um, I wanna. Okay, let me uh, look through yeah, these audience questions real quick. Okay. Um, speed run. Uh, what is something like related to like the finale? What is something that you wish had been included but wasn't? And I, I see this question a lot um, online, and I feel I have like mixed feelings about it. But like, thank you for like asking this question because I also have a lot of things that I wish happened. But then I had to also have to keep in mind like the crew and like what happens happened behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, personally, I really wanted to see some more Caleb and Evelyn backstory. Um, and like how how uh, like they met, well, I guess we, we kind of know, but like a little bit more about them. And I guess we could like, maybe the crew could maybe like explore that or Disney could like explore that in like uh, another, like a separate story or like a comic series. But yeah, what about you guys? Like anything that you um, like uh, wanted to see happen not maybe not in the finale, or not just in the finale, but like in the show as a whole. Um, well, I also would really definitely love to see more about like Caleb and Evelyn's story because I feel like we technically know, but also like some things are like left up for the audience to decide. I would actually love mm-hmm. to like see it. So like I'm just very curious about that. Uh, I would I would love to see more about like Darius and his mentor because we know so little about like him and, and them both of them actually, uh, but it's like something that's hinted in you know any sport in a storm and Hollow Mind. Um, I'd love to see that arc that uh, the crew uh, had mentioned before with Hunter and V with like how uh, she wouldn't trust him at first because he was from the Emperor's Coven and all that, and then they would like develop from that like I feel like that had so much potential too like in my mind it kind of happened off screen but yeah uh, one of my delusions was also uh, Hunter saying uh, like you know uh, my name is not Caleb it's Hunter to Bellows in like one of the like uh, final moments or something like that I would have really loved to see it yeah I guess the same for me like there's so much that could have been explored, but I understand, you know, the time constraints and the shortening of the show. They condense to the most important things that are really important to show. And the rest could yeah. be left open because, you know, it's fun to explore those dynamics on our own, too. If that means you have to, like, you know, make some stuff up. But that's kind of the fun of it, honestly. I really wanted to yeah, see... Yeah. This is, like, the Willow fan in me being sad. But <laughs> I kept thinking about Willow's line about punching Bellows to the face. I really thought that could happen. <laughs> Yes. I just wanted yeah, to see him get punched, man. Like, as a major Willow fan, I was like kind of ready for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, wish we could see something along the lines of that. But I'm still very satisfied with like Luce being the one. But I absolutely agree. Yeah, I would have loved to see like Hex Squad uh, be there for like Bills' death, or like uh, you know see their reaction to finding out that Bills is dead, but they could also get that, you know, uh, time restraints and, like, uh, the the episode, like, uh, the formula, how it, the episode should have ended, stuff like that, didn't really match with that, but, yeah. Agree, agree. Um, 
another question uh, is, uh, what do you hope that Disney does with the Owl House universe in the future? Um, I guess at, at first I really was interested in like a spin-off series with uh, Rain, Ida, and like the older uh, Owl House characters because I know that Dana mentioned something like that in like a podcast or an interview. Um, but I, I think what I really would like to see is like an art book. Like I'm so like noisy about it on Twitter um, <laughs> that I really want to see like concept art and like an art book, or, or yeah, like maybe a comic series if uh, that's in the works. Because uh, I know that uh, so that I know like Gravity Falls has like physical uh, merch of like the the books in their universe, like Journal Three. So maybe something like along the lines of that. But yeah, what do you hope that Disney does with like the Owl House? Mm-hmm in the future it doesn't have to be like a physical thing but like maybe like a storyline that they want they could like explore or maybe some merch <laughs> yeah willow scrapbook oh willow scrapbook willow scrapbook i would buy it so fast like i feel like disney doesn't realize how much money they could get from that like right and then we can so much more what they did in the realm Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah. I would honestly just like I doubt anything animated is possible for like future content, but even like I would love comics or like a graphic novel or something of that sort. Like there is like the between the possibility of like an art book and a comic, I think I would have to I would choose uh, a comic book because I am still like curious about like uh, the concepts and like behind the uh behind the scenes uh you know work and all of that but i feel like i want you know more of the story uh and i would just i would love anything like if it was just an entire story about uh, the emerald trio getting lost in ikea i would Please. watch it i would i i or read it if it was oh like i i would literally Absolutely. like if it was always ikea slice of <laughs> slice of life <laughs> stuff yeah put, like put the IKEA meatballs you know put like, them in a walmart it could be <laughs> put them in a walmart put them in a supermarket in any or like i don't know I could read an entire comic that is just them looking at the fridge or something like <laughs> literally anything like I just but there's honestly so much stuff that can be done like for example like there's so much to explore like events after the epilogue or what happened during the timescape like like during the three or four years uh, and like things that Hex Squad was doing when they were stuck in the human realm. Like, there's a lot that could be explored about each of these characters, as well as just the world itself. Like, I would love anything. Yeah. Yeah, anything that they have, I would take. I would love (laughs) to see, like, uh, a little graphic novel. I'm not too optimistic about what they might do with Owl House, officially, but... (laughs) I will keep enjoying fan comics and fan animatics for as long as, yeah. as my brain is like, ooh. Yeah. But I would love Lost yeah. Adventures of the Human Realm because there's so much fun oh, stuff that kids could get up to That's there. a title. <laughs> if y'all need someone. <laughs> <laughs> I, can work, yeah. I can work for free if they want me. Like, I would... <laughs> We're all raising our hands. <laughs> I can do free labor. Disney, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
So, um, okay, let me see. Uh, uh, any tips on making animatics and uh, drawing characters consistently? I, I also like um, struggle with something with the uh, with this also like making the characters look consistent. So, and I have um, like one technique that I use, but I, w- I want to hear you guys. Mm-hmm. When it comes to drawing characters consistently, I feel like just the more you draw them, the more consistent they will be because you kind of get used to like the way that you draw them and like um, it starts becoming more automatic and like, uh, yeah, just the more you draw a character, the more they will look like themselves each time. So that's like my tip, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like Riley is better for the animatic question. <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'd say the same about the consistency thing. Uh, for me, it's you draw a character a bunch until you start to recognize the shapes that build up each character. And then you can begin to replicate that by putting those shapes in, you know, different positions. And suddenly you have a cool dynamic pose and it's the same uh, consistency, same anatomy as before. It's all about, it's it's a boring answer, but it's the real answer. It's just practice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. For, anima- for animatics, oh, uh, <laughs> I guess there's a lot, there's a lot. But my guess, my thing is, I guess start small with animatics because animatics are not just uh, one drawing; it's multiple drawings, and it's timed, and it has a story behind it, and there's movement. Oh, yeah. It's a whole pipeline, which can be really scary to start mm-hmm. off with. Like I've had days where I spend ten hours on one scene and go, "Well, that's six seconds done. I have three more minutes to go." Uh, but everyone works differently. <laughs> Uh, when making animatics just for the fun of it like it's different professionally where you know you're you're working to do this but uh, as a hobby or when you're doing it for fun like I do most of the time uh, you have to find a pipeline that works best for you for me personally I you know I start a script I write down the script everything that happens whether it's just a story idea or to music and then I make some really really awful thumbnails I'm talking stick figures I do not give them details yeah. i make I a stick that. figure and i write w for willow i write g for gus that's all they get that's their defining feature <laughs> just to get the idea down onto paper and then you know you time yeah. it yeah. you begin to polish it and eventually whether it takes a week or a month or two months there's no time constraint for animatics unless it's for work um it's really you're making this video project out of like love i have to assume like passion for this project and really, it's hard to be your own personal cheerleader for it, but finding what makes you the most comfortable as an artist or creator to make that is I think, the most important part. Because I've found what I like to do. I tend to fixate for one or two weeks on a project, and then suddenly I whip out like a two-minute video <laughs> after going dark for like two weeks. But that's my pipeline. That's what works for me. And other artists might be different. I think, I think for me, um, I, I also struggle with like keeping the characters consistent. So what... Uh, I found really helps for me is <laughs> as the character designer like in me to make a turnaround of the character and like to reference that and like to draw them in my style like front view you know like a normal turn turnaround side view and I think that helps for me. Uh, I agree with like everything you guys are saying. Yes. <laughs> um. I guess also like maybe one last question before we yeah I I ask like my final final thing. 
Um, this is very lighthearted. What would your talisman be if you had a talisman? Um, huh. I think I would go for like um, I've been thinking about this question for a long time. I'd um, I think I'd go with like a talisman of my dog, who looks like a corgi, or maybe just a corgi because I love I love corgis. Like they're they're so cute, and um, yeah, my dog is not a corgi, but she looks like one. So yeah, I'm a dog person. So yeah. What about you guys, palismans? Oh, I have an answer ready. Um, <laughs> go, go. <laughs> I, I've designed one for an OC, but uh, my palisman would be, I think it's called a, a golden lion tamarind. It's kind of monkey. It's like very fluffy and orange. And I don't know. It just seemed like a great fit. <laughs> they're very cute if you Google them. They look like little lions, but they're monkeys. Uh, I've honestly wondered about it so long and I still don't have like a definite answer because I feel like there are just so many different possibilities. I would, for example, I feel like if it was anything like dog-like or cat-like, I would like that. <laughs> Even like, I don't know, a miniature cheetah or like a, a dog with wings or something that would be cool. Uh, I feel like even like something weird, like maybe, I don't know, some kind of small dinosaur would be fun uh, maybe even like uh for something specific maybe like a sparrow like a bird i like sparrows sparrows are nice i love that maybe um for me it's really hard to say because i my favorite animal and insects are always changing but for now i think i'd either want like a lynx or maybe like a firefly i know it's like that's like an insect but we i think we've seen some of that on the show but yeah, just like, oh, dang, it's dark out. All right, little firefly, do your thing. They could bond with Flapjack. Flapjack is also kind of like a firefly. But... Oh, yes. oh, my God. Oh, no. Wait, oh. wait. I just realized, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, Flapjack's emerald entrails. <laughs> oh, um, um, his oh, emerald entrails. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will leave. Or if I could have any talisman, I would just steal Flapjack. Steal Flapjack? Yes, do it. Oh, um, sorry, because I know we're moving on to questions. I'm surprised, as much, I love waffles so much. I'm surprised we didn't see any, like, carved wolves, because Hunter and his obsession for wolves. Rar. Rar. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally, he's literally Rar. 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 Rar of of different people and different backgrounds and like seeing um that on screen and I never saw anything like that when I was a kid so it's so cool that kids nowadays or like anyone people nowadays can see that and feel represented on screen and um and then I guess for example like in relation to Ida and her curse I know like a lot of people have related her and her journey as like something related to like uh, disabilities and um, as someone with uh, I know this isn't really um, anything like um, other uh, disabilities but like I have poor eyesight I have like very poor eyesight 
and uh, I don't have like the financial ability yet to like get cert. <gasps> oh my gosh, Riley's cat just appeared <laughs> on screen. <laughs> so cute um oh yeah um but yeah i don't really um have the opportunity to like get any like eye surgery yet um so i kind of related to ida how her she didn't have like this cure quote-unquote cure um for her curse but she has uh, uh found a way to like deal with it and like uh live through it also like it means a lot to me in general like uh, when it comes to like representation, I also really love how well the Owl House shows the neurodivergent experience really at its core, like in so many authentic, relatable ways to like through so many various characters. It's just so good with like how Luz simply wished to be understood and like uh, how Camila wanted to prevent Luz from being bullied in school like she used to be uh, about like how it's just about people who don't fit in sticking together about like being yourself like it's so good in it and just like it has so many like different neurodivergent like uh, or like autistic coded characters and stuff like that like it's so nice to see and also like uh, the LGBT representation is also just very very groundbreaking and it's also like so big to see in a disney disney show at that and also like the fact that if we've already talked about it but like how grief is a core theme of the show like we can see it in different characters stuff like that like i just love the themes of the owl house and like just in general it's fun it has nice you know topics and it's nice you know like uh it's a show about witches. It, it's a show about witches, about like magic. It's it's fun. And like, I've surely just like had a good experience with it. You know, I had fun. I've made lots of like friends through it. And uh, yeah, developed my art. Like, yeah. Pretty Amazing. much the same here. I love the Owl House for everything it represents, whether it's the LGBT representation, the representation for neurodivergency, especially in young people growing up. Um, mm. I like that you can kind of see yourself in every character, the the not bad mm. ones, I mean, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but you can like see yourself in uh, Ida's struggle, you see yourself in Luce's struggle, Hunter's struggle, Willow's struggle, anyone's struggle, you can kind of, they they show it in like such a way that even like you can find it relatable. And like, I feel like if I had had the Owl House when I was a kid, it really would have helped me. Like, it wasn't out until I was around 20. Yeah. Um, but I know that kids today are so fortunate to be able to have tv shows like the owl house if they feel like uh like season one loose episode one where she's kind of like uh struggling in the human realm hopefully they also like find comfort in loose and like all the characters in the show like basically everyone has <laughs> i don't know it's hard to articulate but it means a lot to so many people and for very good reason I think Nicole and Riley put it into perfect words. Uh, the Owl House has such great representation, and it's just so easy to relate to the characters. Uh, I know I would have loved something like this growing up. It has um, inspired so many people. I'm just like very, very thankful for what they have been able to do with the, the story and how they've carried it so well despite it all. Um, so yeah, um, I guess this 
concludes this episode of the first podcast uh, episode. Um, thank you guys so much for like um, agreeing to like jump on this. This was so so fun to talk to you all. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you guys so much. Thank Bye. you. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs>